You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, as always, Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to be joined by a former NHLer, former Oilers defenseman, Jason Strudwick. Currently, you can hear him on the Jason Gregor Show, Monday through Friday on TSN 1260. Before we get to that, though, got to thank our sponsor, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network, for making this all possible. And DraftKings, if you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. It stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. Of course, you got the NHL playoffs right around the corner, Major League Baseball every day, the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball. I think I already said that, but you know, NFL will be here before you know it. We've got UFC, golf, lots of fun with DraftKings. Sign up today and use promo code THPN. For the Edmonton Oilers, uh, not the game they probably would have liked to have against the Columbus Blue Jackets on a Sunday afternoon, but you know, for a team that's already in the playoffs and has that lockdown, Probably not the biggest concern. Some maybe bigger news for the Edmonton Oilers that we found out this afternoon on Monday. Uh, Jason Greger of TSN 1260 reporting that Darnell Nurse will miss the final three games of the regular season for the Oilers. Of course, he suffered the injury against Colorado, didn't make the trip to Columbus, so not going to play Tuesday in Pittsburgh or at home on Thursday, Friday, when the team wraps up their season against the Sharks and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens for the Oilers you know, once we get into the postseason, how is Darnell Nurse? How is he going to be, you know, is he going to be able to log the minutes that he logged before in the past? I mean, that's a guy who can eat 20-plus minutes a night. Is he going to be able to do that? And if not, who takes those minutes? Uh, lots to discuss with Jason Strudwick uh, in a couple minutes here. Uh, also, we got to give a little bit of love on the ice for Evander Kane, what he's brought for this Oilers team. Uh, four goals in his last two games. Kind of being just that perfect compliment to Connor McDavid on the top line. Uh, defends his teammates, plays on the edge, maybe crosses it a little bit. But uh, when it comes to on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, he's he's just been a great fit for this team. Uh, another guy that the Oilers will be watching out for, Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, he had the illness, missed the game against the Avalanche, a non-COVID illness. Another guy probably getting back into the lineup either Thursday or Friday. Uh, did not make that road trip, though, for the Edmonton Oilers. Right now, though, let's bring in our guest and get his thoughts on those topics and a bunch more. Of course, he played in the NHL for the Oilers, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Canucks, the Chicago Blackhawks. Spent a little time in Europe before he decided to make his return to Edmonton and take over the media scene. Uh, Jason Strudwick joins me now. Struddy, thanks for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you making out? I mean, I can't complain. Uh, Monday night, just watching some baseball in the background here. Jays are up one nothing. That's good news. Kind of dating ourselves, but that's okay. How are you doing? You you heading home? It sounds like. Yeah, I got to go pick the kids up from various uh, things, but that's uh, what you do, right? You just cruise around, pick people up, and then go home and try to catch up on Jays, Raptors, all that stuff. Tonight. Movie of the week, we got uh, <laughs> that as well. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Is the vehicle sponsor? Do you do you have a, a vehicle sponsor still? Uh, it's sponsored by my kids. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an Uber driver for them. It's an they, investment. Uh, they clean up the dog poop and I drive into uh, practice. Fair deal. Fair deal. I was, was going to say, if you want to make any plugs, you know, feel free, but uh, yeah. <laughs> shout out yeah. to your kids. 
exactly. Uh, Strud's uh, the big news of the day, I guess, for the Edmonton Oilers. I believe Gregor was one of the first to report it. Uh, Darnell Nurse not going to play in the remaining three regular season games. Hopefully he can get back for the postseason. Um, obviously, that, that's not a good sign when it's a guy like Darnell Nurse who can play in every situation and eat up a lot of minutes and uh, obviously a leader on this team. Uh, when you hear that and, and you think like regular season's been ruled out, is it going to be easy for him, assuming he's healthy, just to jump back in after a week off? Or, or do you think there there could be some issues, especially going into the playoffs? You know, he was the one guy in the back end they couldn't afford to lose. Uh, you know, don't, don't, no disrespect to the other guys, but, you know, Barry, if, if you know, your power play guy gets injured, you have Nurse or Bouchard that can, you know, jump in there, or Duncan Keith if, if you, you really need it. Um, you know, the penalty kill... If, if, you know, someone else got injured, you know, uh, there was enough penalty killers that could jump in there as well. So it was really, it was a challenge, right? It's a challenge for the owners, uh, to, to, to fill those minutes. Now, you know, I've had multiple knee injuries over the time. That's been worse than like I was out four, maybe four weeks. And it, I found it kind of got worse before it got better. Now, I'm not comparing my four week to what Darnell has because we don't know what he has, but in my experience, it took, it took a little time to kind of get that back up and running and feeling good about yourself and um, you know when you look at the timeline for Darnell it happened on Friday uh, let's assume the owners play just for this conversation let's assume they play next Tuesday so how many league updates does he need to try it out I, I would guess if they play or were playing on Tuesday they'd have to try it out Sunday you know then see how it reacts then a little bit harder skate Monday you know you know then see how it reacts and then a full skate Tuesday morning, see how it reacts, and then it'd be a game time decision. You know, that he's, he's just not going to go and just all of a sudden put it on and start playing Monday, you know, Tuesday night. So that's you know you want to hear that he's getting on the night to at least try it out, you know, on on Sunday to even have I think a hope of him playing in that game Tuesday night. So he's not on the road trip. Uh, from your experiences, and, and maybe it's changed since your playing days, but what do you think the next few days look like for Darnell Nurse? Obviously, you know, I think you said it on the show today, he'll be living in the training room, uh, getting work done. But when you say that, like, what kind of work can they do to try to get him ready for the playoffs? Well, you're, you're just trying to get as much, um, you know, healing time, right? So whatever that healing means, you know, it's obviously... You, you got to keep it moving a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through a protocol. I don't know everything, but you also have to get it, make sure you're giving it plenty of, of what it needs, the, the treatment by the trainer. So there's always a trainer that would stay home with the, the injured guys and work with them, right? Uh, then it might, I don't know if there's massage included to relax the muscles around it. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. So he'll be, like I said, he'll be living there uh, with a trainer to make sure, because he's an important piece of this Oilers blue line, this Oilers team. So, you know, I don't get a sense of kind of where it's at. It takes a couple of days to settle down. It happens Friday. You know, it's, it, we're coming up on three, four days. Uh, and then you start to get out to a week. And then you kind of see where you're at and how it's responding. And everyone responds differently, right? You never know how he's going to respond. He might respond really well to treatment or he might not respond well. So, you know, I, not knowing the severity, I have, a, I have a hard time envisioning him playing in the first game or two. Um, again, this isn't based on any insider knowledge. Just generally speaking, these aren't quick. Now, it is the playoffs, um, so that might change the look of this a little bit, Connor, but I, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking he'll be in that lineup for, for, for game one. Now, do you think that's probably the way they would go? Like, if he could go game one, but, you know, you're only going to 
play him a certain amount and there there is that uncertainty that he's not quite where he needs to be just take it maybe the safer route and hold him out for a game or two well listen i, I in my experience anytime i i was dealing with an injury they always wanted to that one of the big things is kind of get worse like is the joint is the knee is the shoulder whatever unstable to the point where it's, it's you're putting yourself at real risk so he'll be thrown I'm, i'd be blown away if he didn't have a brace on for the whole playoffs um, at the very least, uh, and then they make sure it's protected. And again, getting the treatment going on, so you know, just you know, what, what how unstable is the knee? How, how much of a risk does he? Can he play through it? All that stuff. So it's not just. It's, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule for it, but it's multiple levels. It's it's the coach. Sorry, not to go. It's the doctor. It's the trainer. It's the player in conversation with the coach, and everyone's trying to figure out what's the best for him, you know, in, in the short term and the long term. So, you know, these these these, and these conversations will happen daily. This isn't just going to oh, just see what happens when we get back. Woodcroft, trainer, the doctor, they're all in conversation every day. How's Darnell? How's his knee feel? How's he doing? Like all that stuff. They're, those conversations are happening daily. Even though Jay may not admit it, uh, it is uh, press availability. Now, just just one more with Darnell Nurse. I mean, when it comes down to it, what is that that discussion like from your experiences? I mean, does the final say go to a guy like Darnell Nurse, or you know, do you have to get the green light from the the medical staff and the coaching staff to actually approve you to get in there? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's it's kind of it's it depends. Every situation is unique. I remember. You know, I was I was never the level of Darnell Nurse, but when it was, there was one time I hurt my shoulder, and and just as I was starting to get healthy, another D-man got hurt, and the, the trainer and the coach were like, "Can you play?" I'm like, "Well, I think so," and I was probably like five days earlier than what I expected, and I went out and I played, and I was fine. I, I protected it, like I wasn't running guys over, and I for sure wasn't trying to get in any fights. But you know, you at the end of the day, the player has to feel confident in what he has, and you know your body, like. Is is this play? Is this area weak? Is it you know whatever you you know it? But the player's also always going to err on the side of playing. You know, I I haven't met many players like no, I'm good. I need a day off. Like generally speaking, especially the playoffs, you want to play and contribute. So I think this is a case where the medical team might have to be a pretty strong voice um, to either play or not play to protect the player from himself. This isn't a game on Tuesday, uh, like February on a Tuesday against Columbus. Like this is the playoffs. And so the players going to want to play, and to jointly make the, the, the decision together what is the best for him and for the team. A study on a Sunday afternoon, the Oilers did fall to Columbus, uh, their fourth final game of the season, and uh, probably one game that I think a lot of people have said was winnable. You're up two on going into the third period, uh, one bad call, a little bit of adversity, and I'm going to ask you about that. You know, to a little more in depth, but uh, when you give up four goals in, in the third period against Columbus, I mean, what, what's the mindset? I guess after the game immediately following, do you do you kind of just move on? Like, hey, it's okay. It was a tough road game. Uh, we're in the playoffs still, or do you think that there is some some big learning lessons that you can take from this loss? Well, I think there's a learning lesson all the time and a conversation. You know, that's the owners are going to want to be able to win those games, and they have done a good job. But you know, holding a lead. It's really important in the playoffs, you know, says Captain Obvious. You know, like it's it's something that needs to be able to do. So I think you look back and say, okay, what what could we have done differently as a team? You know, you know, saying, well, we could have scored more earlier. Yeah, that, that obviously helps. 
but that might not be possible in the playoffs. So you want to go through and say, okay, what do we need to do to make sure that this isn't repeated? You know, and it's going to be repeated, unfortunately. That's the nature of sports. But what can you do to make sure that it's 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 less likely to happen and kind of go through the conversation? And, the, and it's not about beating yourself up. You know, this is your fault, Jason, or this is your fault, Connor. It's, it is a conversation of, okay, what could we have done better? And we all you learn together. You know, the teams I found that were most successful, at least the teams I found that successful, it wasn't like a, um, a blame game. It was more like, hey, what do we learn from this and how do we move on? Uh, Stretty, the, the penalty I talked about that I guess sort of kicked it off, and, and I don't like to use it as an excuse for the team, like kill the penalty, uh, you know, get another goal, find a way to, to overcome some of that adversity. But it was a too many men on the ice call. Uh, a lot of people saying that the replay that was shown on the broadcast maybe didn't quite do it justice, but the one issue that a lot of people had a, a problem with was that the, the puck was so far away, and, you know, you, you see it in soccer sometimes, the guy's offside, nothing to do with the play, they let it go on. Um, w- were you surprised to see that that penalty called just with the circumstances that were going on? Yeah, two things. One, it's a stationary breakout, you know, so there's nothing happening. There, there was no threat, imminent threat of the Oilers scoring because they had too many men on the ice. So I, I, I wonder if there was maybe a previous conversation with the refs between the refs and the Oilers players and coaches saying, hey, you guys are cheating? Was there a warning given? You know, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> and the second part is, in that situation, there should be no rush to get on the ice. I mean, you have to know exactly who you're taking off. Um, let's say line A is going to be replaced by line B. Everyone on line B knows which player they're taking off. This isn't go in one door, go out the other, right? It's, it's, it's a situation where... You know, the, the left winger takes a left winger. You know, hey, guys, I've got whatever. I've got um, McLeod. Okay, then the next guy, okay, I've got McDavid. Boom, I've got Dryside. Like, everyone knows. So you have to be watching what, the, you know, your players are coming off, and you have to make sure that when he shows he's going to come off, he actually comes off. Because one of my biggest pet peeves is when players show they're coming off. So I go to jump on, and they look out, and he's turned. He's done the old U-turn, and now you're, out, you're, you're rushing back to get to the bench. But that's part of the communication that has to be out there. So, you know, taking those types of penalties are, are you know, unacceptable because they, they really shoot you in the foot, and they are preventable, right? Unless it's a, a too-many-men where you're, you know, you're maybe saving a goal or something like that. But in the, it's, it's a confusion situation. And coaches really get frustrated with too many men penalties because they are preventable. Um, sometimes they happen when a coach changes the line. So he'll say, okay, line A, you're going out. And then maybe he doesn't like the matchup. So he'll be like, nope, change that. Line B, you're up. And maybe someone on line A didn't hear it. And now, boom, they're all, they're all going out now too many men. And that, that's a little bit on the, on the coach, but also on the player because the player has to be listening. And it's also on that player's line mates to say, hey, our line's not up anymore. It's now whatever, dry saddles line. So there's a lot of it's generally speaking, it flows pretty or pretty smoothly. But there are moments in a game where you really have to pay attention. And generally speaking, it's the forwards that have the too many men penalties. Uh, the team man is pretty hard to have too many men as a team man. It does happen, but generally speaking, it's it's the forwards that will, will create this mess. Always blame the forwards, right? Not, not the fundamentalist defenseman. Uh, and on that play, like like you said, you know, you can argue and you can be pissed off if you want by a fan, but uh, there were too many men on the ice, and it wasn't like it was a bad call. And I, I want to just go into that a little bit further. Like you you said, maybe there was a discussion prior to that where the refs are watching. Does that happen often? And, and when a ref does give you that warning, I mean, do guys tend to tighten it up a little bit when, the, when it comes to the line changes? 
Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We're always trying to cheat. Like, you're always trying to cheat to get an advantage. So yeah. even as a D-man, like when my, so let's say it was coming out of our zone, and my D-man, my, my, my change player is, is coming, I would try to get out there and, and, you know, so let's say you get to the top of the circles, I'm jumping out because I'm trying to get up and get up in the play. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to get any advantage you can. So there could be multiple, or let me put say, there could be numerous too many men penalties called every game. Right, so I, I think unless it clearly shows there's six people on the ice, or it's a clear advantage that, that is being created because a guy cheated too long, I don't think we can be you know that that tight on it. Now again, the feed I saw, I didn't see a massive issue from the owners on their on their side, and this isn't being a homer. I just think that you know it didn't look like a massively you know too many men, especially where there's an advantage created. So you know there's cheating going on all the time. You have to watch for that. Um, and you want to take advantage of it. But if they do approach you, that's where the coach will say, hey, guys, okay, we got to tighten up a bit. Uh, Strutty, towards the end of the game there, we did see the, the coaching staff, Jay Woodcroft, kind of playing around the lines just a little bit. Uh, you see Zach Cassian jumping up there. Uh, do you think that's just kind of, you know, towards the end of the game, just playing around, trying different things out, see if anything sticks, or is there more to it? Yeah, I think there is. You just want to see what it looks like, you know, if there's any chemistry. Also, I mean, they were down. They're maybe trying, you know, that's, that's the time to try it. You're down a couple, maybe looking for a spark. And then someone, you know, gets a little spark going and they're able to, to score or capitalize. But no, I, I don't think it's, you know, it kind of, I think he kind of knows where he's going to go with um, when when this playoff starts. And, and I think he's pretty comfortable. Maybe a tweak or two here. But, I mean, you, you got the three centermen. You generally know who your top six forwards are. Um, you know, I've been advocating to put Paul Garvey on the third line, but I'm, I'm guessing that won't happen. He'll be up with, with Connor um, when, it, when, it, when it all kind of comes out. Then on the back end, you kind of know what it is too. Then if in mid-season, mid-series it's not working, then you can make those adjustments thinking back to saying, you know what, I'd like the look of these three guys, or I'd like these two guys together with them. Like, so I think you, you just want to kind of taste test a little bit as you get closer to the playoffs. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash Whenever you want, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. If you or someone you know is a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 888-789-7777. Or you can check out ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 
1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 8778-HOPE-NY, or you can text HOPE-NY in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-7989 in Tennessee or in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. 21-plus, 18-plus in New Hampshire or Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260, joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. Uh, Struddy, the, the playoffs coming up. we got three games remaining in the regular season. The Penguins on a Tuesday night, then the Sharks and the Canucks Thursday, Friday, and then probably Monday, maybe Tuesday, the playoffs will be here. Uh, these three final games of the regular season, uh, in, in your history like what's what's the the feeling like around the room what's the buzz with the playoffs getting so closely um, you already know that you're going to be there you don't know who you're going to be playing officially as of yet or whether or not you'll have home ice advantage but what's what's the atmosphere in the room right now with uh, the the best time of the hockey season so quickly approaching well, I'm so excited you know you're so excited but I think something to guard against it's a look too far ahead you know the owners have been continually building their game you know from Let's just say since Woodcroft came and they got healthy and all, they got Kane and all that stuff, they've been building their game. So you don't want to let your you know, foot off the pedal and kind of give, give a little of that back. So you want to keep building and building. That's what the coaches will be pushing. Like, hey, let's keep building our game. Keep locking in these core foundations that are our, our, our style of play so that even when things go sideways, we're still you know, able to do what we need to do. And when we're playing at the tight in the game six, we're still doing the same thing we did in game one, the same thing we did, you know, 20 games ago. So that I think is, is, is a bit of a, a concern, especially when the games, you know, they're not going to mean a ton. And, you know, when the owners clinch, they're not going to mean a ton. Uh, sorry, clinch, uh, you know, the second spot. They're not going to mean a ton. Um, so you don't want to let go so of that, of those core fundamentals that they've brought in. So you got to keep pushing and pushing. And I think Woodcroft and Manson all those guys will know that. But that also comes from your leadership group. You know, your, your, your captains, you want to keep pushing and make sure that those details are ready. Because once the playoffs start, it's pretty hard. If you get on a little skid, you skid yourself right out of the playoffs. And uh, it can be pretty hard. So I think this team is excited. And they're going to want to continue to, to work on those core fundamentals right through Game 82. Uh, I want to ask you about Evander Kane. Obviously, he had the Hattie on Friday against the Colorado Avalanche, had another goal in the loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, how much do you think he's meant to Connor McDavid, just throwing him out there on that top line? Obviously, the, the goal production has been there, and you know it gets a lot of people talking about what could be if it was a full 82-game season. But uh, maybe just away from the offense production, what does he bring to that top line? Well, he brings a swagger to it, right? And, and I think that... He brings a lot of attention to himself. You know, yes, Apuliarvi on that line is, a, is to me, a very uh, – he's a disruptive player to the other team. But, you know, no one's thinking, oh, man, we've got to tie up Apuliarvi. He's going to score. Kane, he does that. He brings that element. He is a goal, goal scorer. He's a, he's a sniper. That's – you know, what is he on pace for? If it's an 82-game se- season, I mean, he's got to be 
I don't know, I'm, the math, I'm not right in front of my computer, but I guess 40 goals or so. Like, that's a goal scorer. That's a guy that can score goals. And he's also um, a, a pretty intense guy. It is, uh, it is you know, he, we've seen him get into scrums, and he, he, he brings a lot to that line that, uh, along with Cooley Harvey, makes the game easier for Connor to play because there's big bodies. They can both skate. One can shoot. One's a really good four-checker. So it's, it's a nice blend of everything for, for Connor. And, uh, you know, Vander Kane has been a great addition. I said it at the beginning. You know, people are like, oh, he's going to wreck the dress room. It's, it's pretty hard to have someone ruin a dress room in two or three months. So we hope that they're able to continue for, you know, at least two rounds here and see what that, that duo can do in the playoffs, along with it, probably Harvey, whomever, on that top line. Yeah, he's got uh, 21 goals in 40 games, so double it and maybe add another one, 42, 43 goal pace. Uh, pretty outstanding. And when you have a guy like that, like I, th- I think you've talked about it with Sheldon Surrey, but kind of brings the swagger like when they're out there on the ice. What kind of impact does that have on the rest of the team? Well, you just feel like you're better. You just feel like you're better than everybody else because he thinks he's better than everybody else. Like, And this is this is a compliment. He, Evander Kane thinks he's the best hockey player, probably the funniest guy, best looking, like all that toughest guy. Like he's, he just, that's how he operates. And you see it the way he skates. He's got a tremendous amount of confidence, individual confidence. And that rubs off. When I played the Sheldon Surrey, he was the exact same. Now, you know, he, he just, I just felt like, God, you know what? We are better within the lineup. And you do play better. Like it's, it's a huge thing. So, that's what he brings, and you want to have that with in your group. Um, you know, Connor does it in his own way, but he, he doesn't quite bring it the same way uh, that Evander does. You know, showing it out out loud like this. So, it's a good chance for him to them to have that player on this team today or now, um, and and then see what they can do. Because when it gets heavy, you know, when the game gets heavy, or Evander, he's not he he gets more excited about the heavy going than anyone else. He will not be leaving the heavy parts of the game. I, I like what they talked about him on the broadcast, and they said like he he wants to shoot it through the net. Like he his when he has a chance to bury it, it's not going to be a soft one or anything like that. Like he's pushing it right through. Like I like that. I like the the finisher's mentality that he has. And you're right, like that that borderline arrogance. Like it's it's good to see from this Oilers lineup because I don't know when the last time they really had that. No, I'd say it's Sheldon Surrey, and not to suggest that other guys aren't confident. Like that. Don't get me wrong. But the way that he shows the confidence is massive, and he and it rubs off on his teammates. So, you know, when when let's say they're playing LA and it gets intense, it's, it, he's not going to have no problem. He loves that. He lives for it. We've seen him do it time and time again, both outside and now with the Oilers. So it's a it's an exciting time to know a fan to have a player like that on your team, knowing he can bring. Um, you know, Puller Arby's disruptive. Yamamoto gets in there. Cassian's going to be in the lineup. Warren Fogel's starting to find another level. You know, and then it's it, they have big wingers that can skate and forecheck and hopefully be disruptive and physical. It's going to be could be a fun could be a fun uh, first playoff series for sure. Well, and, and one more thing before we let you go here, starting. I mean, yes, Puller obviously not in the lineup at the non-COVID illness. Uh, I, th- I think I saw him somewhere on social media signing autographs. So it looks like he's he's getting a little bit better here, trending in the right direction. But uh, you've talked about it. When he returns, I think you've said you'd like to see him on the third line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, correct? I would, and I, I know that's not a popular opinion amongst Oilers fans. And, and this isn't a demotion for Pugliarvi. Like, let's make that clear. I'm not looking for him to, to go somewhere where he can't compete. I'm looking, or, or sorry, where you know because he's not doing a good enough job. I'm looking to put him there so he boosts it, so he can boost that third line. And that third line, 
I mean, with Fogel, Pulley, Arby, and Nuge, that could be a lot to handle for anybody. You know, that could be a lot to handle for any group. So I'd be really intrigued to see that, see that that looks like when they do put it together. And I'm wondering if maybe it's, it's uh, more of an issue of who plays with Connor McDavid on the top line if you do that. So something to look for. I'd be interested to see if they do it. I, 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 don't, I think it's unlikely, but, you know, a guy can, a guy can hope. Well, I mean, I, I just think back to that series against the Winnipeg Jets where, you know, it seemed like they were rolling four lines and every line came out like a wave. The Oilers only had two lines. And, you know, if, if you do that, you know, McDavid and Kane, that's tough to play against. And the second pairing, Drysaddle Hyman, that's tough to play against. Then a third line of uh, Fogel, Nugent, Ployarvi could be tough to play against. Your fourth line, I don't know how it would shape out. Fogel and Cassian or Derek Ryan, whatever it might be. But it, it just seems like... It would it would give you depth throughout the lineup, and I I kind of think it's a great idea. And I don't look at it as a demotion. Like like you said, you're still going to get your opportunities playing with a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, I I think you've kind of won me over with this idea. As much as I liked McDavid and JP on the same line, McDavid's going to get his opportunities no matter what. He is, and I and I, and I mean, again, I'm going to get abused by people saying, "Well, you just don't like Pulley." I mean, that's not the case at all. So I think I think it'll be interesting to see. I don't. I doubt it starts like that. But I wonder if in a series they want to have a different look for a game. They might just throw that together. Um, but again, the challenge is who plays with Connor and uh, Kane when when it, it feels like they missed they're missing one forward, and maybe someone will will surprise. Right? Someone will come out of nowhere and say, "Hey, this is what we got. This is what we're doing." Um, and, and have like a Pizzani like moment. So let's let's see what it looks like moving moving forward. Is there anyone you think it could be? Is there anyone that you know you're thinking of that could jump up well, there? McLeod is kind of the guy mm, um, okay. that I, I I wonder if you know maybe he maybe he sits in beside Drysaddle, um, and then and then maybe someone else moves up. It's you know we're gonna have to watch the playoffs and see how it evolves. Um, but it's got to be a worker bee because that's what Pulley Arby brings. He's a worker bee who's disruptive. Now, Stratty, my last question for you. We'll go back all the way to the goaltending. Uh, who are you starting these last three games of the regular season? Let's assume we're going with Mike Smith for game one of the playoffs. I'm all over the map when it comes to goalies. I have no <laughs> idea. I think it's a conversation you have with the goalie coach, the coach, and, and the goal, both goalies. And I guess if Mike Smith's your starter, then you, you look at him. But I'm guessing maybe Mike Smith tomorrow, um, then maybe Mike Smith on Friday. And then if he wants to kind of do his regular rhythm, like it really depends on what rhythm he wants to be for the playoffs. Yeah, he'd probably be the best guy to, to tell you what he wants to do, and I think in that situation, you just trust him. Stretty, thanks so much for doing this today. I appreciate it. Talk to you later, buddy. Great stuff from Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, currently one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Got to thank the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. DraftKings, if you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. Thank you to you for tuning into the show. I really do appreciate it. As well as Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, for hopping on the show today for the Oilers. Back in action on Tuesday, 5 o'clock Mountain Time puck drop. So if you want some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260 starting at 4. Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, myself. The cast of thousands there for pregame coverage. Also, uh, the Oilers then playing on Thursday and Friday. 7 o'clock starts, both of those taking on the San Jose Sharks and the Vancouver Canucks. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Other Connor Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Take care.
Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.